Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your Friday episode, if you're listening to this on a Friday. Jamie here. Um, welcome to Private Parts. Um, today, I'm really excited because it's a wonderful episode. Now, if you use social media or if you don't like social media, you're going to like this episode because today on the podcast, we have Sorel, aka Coco Sorel. Uh, Sorel is a content creator. She's also an actor. She um, is a podcast host as well. She creates the most fun, engaging, energetic content all over social media. Now, sometimes I think that people have sort of, I've had this in the past, where people think that content creators, it's a sort of easy lifestyle, oh, they just get to wake up and create videos. And in today's episode, we really dive into that of how it is not like that at all. There's a real dark side to social media as well. Um, Sorel is very open and honest about her life about her upbringing, about her struggles, about her ups, her downs, and at the same time just making the whole episode so funny. Just an amazing episode. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy it. I think you will. Um, remember, we're also on YouTube. If you want to go and watch the clips on YouTube, Private Podcast, and we're also on social media, TikTok and Instagram, at Private Podcast. Okay, here we go. Please enjoy the episode with Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Um, quick question. Uh-huh. Do you like my trainers? I, I do. I like the colour. Good. Why, why, why do you new. feel, un- are you uneasy about them? This is a new mm. fashion choice. Do you? I seem uneasy about them? Oh, no, they're great then. That was, that was a weird thing to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start off by saying that was an odd thing to ask me. Um, well, okay, all right. how would you want me to start the podcast? No, 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 they're great trainers. But, yeah. you know, you haven't, you haven't gone crazy on the fashion choices. You've gone for a, a black... <laughs> Or Are black you, outfit and a, I, and a and a Nike low dunk. You've not really pushed yourself in terms of fa- like this is this is pushing it for me. Re- oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then in that case, congratulations. You knew it was a low dunk as well. Oh yeah, I love a low dunk. So do I. Now. I love a low dunk. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super comfortable, underrated shoe. Underrated shoe. Is it? Un- I th- I didn't know. What do you mean? It's underrated. I don't feel like it gets the hype it deserves. Okay. Personally. Okay. I don't know where this is going, but yeah, we're going to go. We're just go, go with it. Lean yeah, into yeah. it. I I don't think it gets the hype it deserves. I think it's a really, it's one of Nike's best. Yes. Personally. I don't like high tops. No. Ugh. That's not cool. High tops are offensive. I was in this store. So I, I was in this store. Um, buying these shoes and there was a pair of high top Dior Nike trainers. They cost ten thousand pounds. Wow. And the person in front of me bought them and it wow. was raining outside and he put them on and walked out with them on. That's that's crazier, I would say. No, that's insane. That's insane. That's insane. But that's the level of rich I aspire to be. I want to go into a store and buy a 10,000 shoe and have no regard for the rain or puddles <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. That to me, that's that's the price of art. Yeah, you know? like hundred. Well, that's what I thought as well. <laughs> I, I thought that as well, but I just think, I can't believe it, but now I'm just into these kind of like trainers at the moment. Is I this think, your only pair? 
I've got this one. I then have some. Uh, I can get into. Okay, I'm gonna okay, get into. Okay, I, I have these ones. I have a um, uh, the Nike Air Maxes with the red tick now. Okay. Um, I've just basically, and I've got some New Balance like a suede ones. Um, I've just recently got into trainers, and I'm obsessed. And everyone I talk to, I'm just like. What do you think? Wait, what, what do you think of the trainers? Yeah. I love that for you. Because also I feel like I'm getting to this age now where it's not that cool, maybe. How old are you, James? Well, how old do you think I am? If oh, you had to guess. Oh, don't do that to me. Okay, guess. Don't that. <laughs> well, I'm okay, going to. I'm so. going to I'm gonna do some quick 48. Math. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got any maths? I, well, I have to do a bit of math. Why? Um, because I was, okay, I was watching, okay, when you were on Made in Chelsea, yeah. you were 20... Four? Two. 22. 23. 22, 23. 22, 23. Okay. Yeah. I would say you are 32. Mm, yeah, I would like to be 32. 35. I wasn't far. Yeah, but that's old. I feel old now. No, that's not. You don't think it is? You're mature. I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit mature at the moment, which You're is. Mature. And I'm going through this stage in life. I don't know why I'm getting into podcasts like this. Maybe I'm being vulnerable today. Go on. Like, oh, yeah, just yeah, it's easy, right? I love that. Yeah, let's be vulnerable no, with each other. do it, do it. Okay, fine. Okay. Safe space. Yeah. yeah. You're a therapist, right? No, well, I look like one. Um, I could be one, but <laughs> I'm not, but I will be for the next hour. Go on. Great. So this podcast, it's just me going to talk at you yes, yes. and you're going to listen. I am. And I'm going to help you and work, work our way through it, Jamie. Okay, okay. I feel really upset. <laughs> I feel really emotional at the moment. I really know what's going on. I feel like I've got to a certain age. Okay. And suddenly, where has time gone? Where has time gone? I was 22 a second ago. Now I'm older than that. I, but is it a case of like when you look back, yeah. you're like, this has gone really quickly? Or is it a case of as you're living in 35, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be 36 soon? God, you're wise. You're wise. Which one is it? I just... I think I look back and it's gone really fast. Do you look, look back at your life and see how fast it's gone? Um, do I look back? Well, you know, since we're being vulnerable. Here, um, okay, here this we is, go. Here Might we as well. Oh, someone opened you up like a tan. <laughs> tan? <laughs> I was going to say a can and a tin and it came out as tan. Tan. <laughs> I opened you up like a tan. You did. Um, oh, spill out those. Listen. Okay. Let me, let me, let me tell you. Okay. I apparently, I didn't know what it was, but apparently I'm going through what's called the Saturn return. I'm, okay. You're speaking to a Saturn return guru. Okay. Now I had never heard of this term mm -hmm. until like the beginning of this year mm. when I was speaking to Candice, a friend of mine, and she's your podcast host. Podcast host as well. Mm. And we actually had an episode. Basically, I it wasn't planned, but I just broke down on the episode because I was like, I don't know what's happening, but my life is falling to shit. And normally I have a gauge on this shit and I don't know what's happening. So we kind of just like sat down and spoke through it together. Yeah. But I think during this quote unquote Saturn return moment of mine, everything has been going very slowly. Interesting. Like I feel like I'm feeling every feeling uh -huh. and every moment extremely slowly mm -hmm. and I hate it. Yeah, I mean, a Saturn return is where Saturn is, is... Everyone supposedly goes through a Saturn return. Yeah. That's what happens. And I think mine happened maybe similar time to when yours is, yours is happening yeah. now. And it's when you reevaluate life. Yes. And things sort of don't really sync up. Things are going a bit different to what you thought it was yes. going to happen. And it sort of goes a bit all over the place. And you either go through different sort of emotions, anxiety, mm -hmm. ups and downs, lefts and rights. Mm -hmm. 
And boy, oh boy, did it oh. hit me. Oh, <laughs> that little battleship that oh, I wear. Oh, wow. <laughs> me oh. and Tears are best friends right now. But I why? Just... But you're killing it. You're doing so great. So talk me through it. Okay, for the, I'm now... Listen, look at that. <laughs> look at you. Look, look at that. It's You've... like a ping pong match. It's back and forth. <laughs> look at us. Back and forth. Look at back us. and forth. <laughs> we go. My time to sit here. Go on. No, no, you tell me. So what have you been feeling? Uh, I feel like the version of me... At like 27, I felt really secure in myself. And then this stupid thing called Saturn and a bumper pussy return comes along. And I'm like, bitch, why didn't you tell me that I was going to be like insecure? Everything. Like I'm a quite confident woman. Yeah. Everything from like the way I looked, the way I talked, the rooms I'm in, imposter syndrome, my career, everything. I was second guessing myself. I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying, why I'm saying it, who I'm saying it to do I want to be this person? Like I sat down one day and I was like reevaluating. Okay, this is my career at the moment, but maybe I'm in the wrong career. Maybe I need to be doing something else. Maybe I'm not using my quote unquote platform in the way I should. Like there was just so many like big life mm. questions that hit me. Um, Do you think that's because you're, you know, TikTok you have a million, nearly a million? Nearly. Nearly a million. Instagram. <laughs> Insta- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, move on. TikTok has suddenly changed where it takes harder to get those little followers up. Yeah, oh, telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. Check those numbers every day, I do. <laughs> and and you got, you you got so many followers all over the place that is it because you now... Okay, let me break down. When you first started doing social media mm-hmm. and you were first on uh, posting your videos and whatever, there was kind of this naivety. Yeah. There was this sort of like, okay, I'm just going to post whatever I want, oh, yeah. whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And then what happens now, you feel like you have more responsibility yep. because you have these people who are following you. And so therefore you're nervous or conscious of what you're going to say. So you lose that naivety and actually that can be the death of creativity. So that is the crossroad I'm at, is like, Mm. how do you still stay stay as authentic as possible, but also ask yourself the hard and necessary questions? Because it's very different to make content when there's the videos getting 10,000 views to making content and the videos are getting 2 million views. Now, don't get me wrong, don't come on here and just start making fun of everyone on the internet, but I'm quite a jesty, jovial person. Mm. And we were talking about Love Island before. So great. I love a good Love Island watch. I'm very passionate you know, I'm very emotional. I get very invested in these people's lives. I shouldn't, but I do. And I watch it and then I do the reviews. And I think when they started, I had that naivety. And as they've gone on, I've kind of been like, no, you actually have a responsibility, A, to not water yourself down, but B, to also not put this person in a position where when they leave the villa, they're coming back to you also being a part of this loud vacuum of noise. Mm. How do you tow that line? But can't you separate yourself from that and just say you're you're there as a source of entertainment and and you, you you're 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 a sort of position where you're you're acting as a sort of member of the public who is expressing thoughts, but in a, in a fun, digestible way. 
I don't think any of your stuff is. No, I'm, I think your stuff is fantastic. Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, listen, look, I came, you know, I, I came across you because I, me and my friend were having a dinner once ages ago, and she said you gotta watch this person. Oh my gosh! Content. I said, okay. So we just sat there, and we were just laughing so much at all the stuff that you were doing. So relatable, so funny, and all the Love Island stuff as well was just popping up. It was so great. You, you put joy. Into people's lives. Thank you. And we were chatting with the team before. We were just saying how much joy you bring everyone. So so it, it, that's a great thing. That is. That is. And it's... I, I think when I got into the Saturn Return anyway, I was asking myself those big questions because I'd kind of never asked them before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree. I mean, I always say my content is never to like... I, I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm just speaking from my personal experience of how I've watched this thing or have experienced this thing. And I always put a funny twist on it, whether it's politics or whatever. I'm I'm a joker, you know, mm. can't take shit seriously, even if I wanted to, you know what I mean? So I'm always gonna skew towards the side of comedy, but I think, I don't know, I got to a point where I was like, I also don't want to look back and be like, ah, oh, that was a, that was a step too far. So it's kind of being my own check and balance, mm. you know? Um, Does that ruin the creativity though? Because you're then censoring yourself. Sometimes, I'll be honest. Sometimes, and sometimes there'll be like a video sitting in my drafts, and I'm like, yeah, I can't post that. Like I used to talk about um, pop culture moments quite a lot. Yeah. Now I'm just like, oh, why? Because <sighs> you're worried about the negative feedback, or worried about saying the wrong thing. No, or? because I'm worried about. I I, I don't like to open my mouth unless I feel like I'm adding something to the conversation. So there's a difference between, there's four people here, yeah. and then three of you have the same opinion, and you're saying it to one person, and then I add in the exact same opinion. That doesn't help that person, because the whole point of giving your opinion is to edify this conversation. Yeah. But if we've got two opinions here, and then mine is different, and yours is different, at least that person comes away with three different opinions. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, makes total sense. So now I'm like, okay, I'm there's this social thing that's happened or this pop culture moment that's happened and everyone is saying the same thing. Got it. Me making a video that will get the clicks and the views and people will laugh, cool. But the big picture is whoever watches or whether it's the person going through it or anyone else, there should be something different and new to the conversation. Yeah, you're, you're, you're nailing every sort of what any marketeer would say is the right thing to do is that you you're not basically what you don't want to do is you don't want to be a copycat person that just jumps on the same sort yes. of content that everyone else is talking about just to get the clicks and the views exactly you want to be unique in your own way exactly and you don't and i said it on this podcast many times before but you don't want to follow the logic of everyone else exactly you want to be against the grain exactly which is a great thing but that's also I, that, I, and i get and and then you but you must get in the situation where you you see content out there or pop culture whatever it is mm. that you want to comment on but you have the same comment of else so you're just like well I can't comment on that because it's the same kind of thing is that what happens it's more so not necessarily like can't it's more so like well they did a great job that was a good video like keep pushing someone's gonna see that I can repost like they've said it they've said exactly what I would say it's just it's coming from a different mouthpiece so unless I can say it in a different way or I can add to it but other than that. There's no point in me commenting on that. And also pop culture is so fleeting. Like one person's one person shagging someone, the next moment cocaine. I mean, I can't keep up. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, uh, you're blinking, something new's happened. So (laughs) 
there's no point in because tomorrow we're talking about something else and I can always talk about that. So true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so true. There's, there's always something to talk about. Like something gets suppressed and everyone's like, no way. Yeah. And then boom, it's gone. Gone. That's not okay. What What are your thoughts on fame now? Do you think Do you think people can still be famous, or do you think that it's because we have social uh, social media is um, everyone has it? Well, not everyone, but a huge majority have. Mm. You know, I, I think everyone feels so much more accessible. Mm. Is there such thing as like fame anymore, or is it more? When you say fame, do you mean like old? I feel like old Hollywood, school. If you think of old Hollywood, celebrity people used to see thing. in magazines, people who were untouchable, right. people who were unattainable, and you would only see them on a red carpet looking right. beautiful. Do we think? Do you still think we have that? I will be honest with you. We are going through a plague right now where celebrities, Jesus, God love was, us. That was heavy. No, we are, and we <laughs> okay. need to talk about it. All right, here we go. Unfortunately, celebrities want to be content creators. Get back in your fucking lane, okay? I don't care what you... I don't, I don't care. I don't care. There is no reason why I should know every single last thing about a certain celebrity and their marriage and their this. We don't, we don't need to know that. We had old Hollywood back in the day. Beyonce, for example. Yeah. I don't know shit about that woman. She comes, she creates art. There is a lure. There is like a, wow, you're Beyonce. There's razzmatazz around you. Yes. If Beyonce starts getting her camera and being like... Get ready with me to go to the Met Gala. Ah, <laughs> uh, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Respect the brand because this is too much. <laughs> it's too much. Okay? So I think celebrities That's are too much. Be, so, <laughs> be so weird. Get ready with people like go to the Met Gala. So weird. <laughs> and I feel like celebrities are trying to be more relatable. Completely. And, and we're not asking for that. Oh, that's such a... This is such a... Do you think we're asking for that? I... Oh, my God. It's. Do you know what? It's so interesting because I completely agree with you. I think there is that old Hollywood style. Yeah. Let's take Beyonce, right? The, what makes it magical is you don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. But then there's... What, what, what I think is troubling, right, is what you said is that there's this sort of pop culture element which is where things are so fleeting and quick mm. the whole time mm. so therefore if you're not being relevant all the time mm. then are you relevant at all and so then it's a fear that you might drift into the shadows and just disappear well let's get a talent then you know let's uh <laughs> let's get a talent shall we let's put it on an album let's let's get to work <laughs> you and I doing an album together with Gee Genius. I could see us doing a Christmas album. I could see us doing a Christmas album. What would we sing? All the hits. Uh, we would sing, we would sing it. Just all, all of them. The hits. All of them. We would take over Michael It's Boomer. the most beautiful time of the year. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it sitting in this chat. We'd do it sitting in the chat. I wouldn't move. And I would look down the camera like this. Go on. And I would look down my camera again. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Summit, 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 da da cheer. <laughs> I'll be under the mistletoe. You will be hammered out. <laughs> we need to work. We need to. We need to. We need to have a rehearsal. We need to get a rehearsal in because this is uh, this is shambolic. I, I agree with you though. That's so. It's it's it, it's true. Maybe people we need to stay more in our lanes and and do what we do. And actually, everyone, everyone wants to be so present with everyone in their lives all the time that it actually ruins that sort of mystery sometimes. Yeah, like, I think Adele does it great. Correct. Adele does it fantastic. Great and shout. she's still re relatable. When she is doing the promo for her tours or her album, 
one of my favorite moments was when she was trying to figure out how to work alive online. So yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> so like so relatable. That is what we want. I'm not asking them to never speak and like go in, into a mountain and hide away. No. But when you are speaking, you don't have to try and be an Alex Earl or a Monet. Like you can just be a celebrity and then go away and we will just have that wow. Adele, like, it's like a gem. It's a gift you give us rather than like, otherwise you just become too accessible. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's interesting with someone like Alex Earl, right? Alex Earl is a, a sort of big influencer in the States. She's, she's big on TikTok. Yeah, coming from a place where people sort of gravitate towards you and mm. they want to watch your content, mm. why do you think... First, I want to talk about someone like Alex Hull. Why do you think people gravitate towards people like that and they, someone like Alex Hull becomes big? Why does that work on social media? Oh, a plethora of reasons. Okay, try and give it to us. Why does that work? Because it's, it's funny, lots of people... From my point of view, when I'm creating a video, I know I prank video or whatever, I'm doing a video for a podcast, whatever. In my head, I know why it's going to work. Mm, mm. But I find it really hard to dictate that to someone. I go, well, using that clip there is not going to work because it's not going to grab the attention enough at the beginning. They go, well, why? And I go, well, I just don't know. Mm. I just can feel it. Mm. But I want to hear your reasons behind why people become attractive on social media. Uh, I would say on the, like big scheme on the things that you can't control mm -hmm. is like the timing, what's going on socio and economically, what's going on politically. I think people, for example, if, let's say when COVID hit, there was a, an urge to have human contact. So people were going on to TikTok and social media to find people outside of their family, outside of their friends, who they also feel like they can have a parasocial relationship with. Yeah. And because of that, you then have all these relatable content creators who kind of had like a massive shoot up. Because, for example, someone like Max um, Belegde, I don't know if you know him, mm. hilarious. But he, I saw him on TikTok and I was like, I literally have a best mate like him. I'm going to follow him. Because of that, his content became like, he's like a friend in my head type vibe. And Alex Earl, when she came about, I think people were now looking for like a done up version of a content creator. A, a, in the, it's a, a Barbie version. A Barbie version, a, a pretty girl who... Was also relatable. Also because relatable. they have that side where they can get drunk. They, exactly. they eat this, they eat that, they're whatever. They're exactly. relatable, but have this sort of 
premium edge, I always yeah. suppose. And like her makeup isn't like so intimidating that like your everyday girl can't go to like the your boots and buy the products and try and recreate. Yeah. She's not like doing and do you know what I mean? It's all quite relatable. The hair is relatable. She's fun, she's going out, she's living her best life. I think when she came in, it was at that time when people were kind of looking for it. So it's kind of hard to dictate who blows up when and why. But I think the difference is the longevity. So like being able to adapt yourself once you've blown up and being able to allow your audience to grow and change with you. Because the version of me who came on to TikTok versus me now, I would say quite different um, in the sense that I wasn't going to events. I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. I Mm. wasn't doing very deep conversations on podcasts and whatever. It was all just shits and gigs and Mm. a lot of chaotic content because I'm also kind of trying not to have a mentee being in the middle of a a global pandemic. But anyway, um, and people were like working through that with me. Yeah. But now I think your audience kind of allows you to evolve and grow. But what makes you a good content creator is that you accept that evolution. You're not stuck doing the same thing. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. The way you describe it makes complete sense. But it's hard, right? Because it's hard to evolve. It and, is. And, and, and you're so right, especially when, because I know so many people listening to this right now mm. will be starting out on social media because mm. we know the amount of people that want to be sort of in social media working, you know, influence or whatever it is, yeah, cre- yeah. content creators. Mm. And, you know, I massively admire that. Mm. I, you know, I think... And and I want to get into the stress of being a content creator. But I, I totally agree with you. I think what happens is sometimes is that people who are creating content can get stuck in their old way. So they created a funny video about playing a guitar to their dog. Yeah. And then the rest of their videos are always Just playing. It's never it never evolves. It yeah. never adapts. And you have to evolve and adapt. You have to. You and have that, to, and for yourself. And that's why I think viral videos, when you get a viral video, first one, boom, it's actually a dangerous thing. Super, super scary. Because then people only know you for that one thing that you did that one time. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to juggle eggs every Tuesday now so that I'm relevant. Like, what? that's such a, such a crazy place to be in. Like, it's so scary. Like, I think that viral video thing that people used to, like, crave yeah. is actually, like, you want a steady growth. You want people to grow with you, not just kind of, like, this mass of people just come out of nowhere and then they're like, well, you're an egg juggler. I followed you because of eggs. Unfollowing now, like... Do you know what I mean? It's yes. just, it's, it's weird. Okay, what is your background? Where did it, because you have a really good idea of brand and you do. <gasps> well. You do, you have a really good idea of marketing and image and what makes sense and what doesn't mm. make sense. And you obviously have a very good understanding of pop culture and political views and, mm. and you're opinionated in a good way. Yeah. So where does this all come from? Where, where did everything begin? How far back do you want to go, Jamie? I want to go back to the womb. Okay. <laughs> okay let's go. March 6, 1994. Um, <laughs> I would say, I don't know. I think I've always wanted to be a creative and I kind of grew up in a very political household and a debatey household. That's, I think that's where my opinion started to get sharpened. My parents are very smart. My dad, very politically aware. Um, to the point where like dinner tables were just debates back and forth um that's healthy though very healthy and also contrasting debates because my dad also never believes that you should be in a table with everybody who has the same opinion as you that's a terrible place to be in terrible place to be why in. because then you're then you become a sort of 
you have only one source of information yeah. from one group of people. It's an echo chamber. Like it's just, okay. as much Makes as sense. I may not agree, I absolutely need to know everything that a liberal believes in, everything that a conservative believes in. Yeah, That's the only way that I can sharpen my own knowledge. And you learn. And you learn. Yeah. Um, so my parents would always ha- make us have varying, you know, debates. Um, but from there, I went into like drama and theater and I did that at school and I wanted to be an actress and I studied at university to do presenting and acting. Did you? I did. Where were you at uni? Um, university of Bedfordshire. Okay. And I did that for three years. And then from there I went and did like a postgrad training at, it's like a drama school called the Court Theatre Training Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be an actor. This is what I'm going to do. And you had your blueprint. There it was. Boom. Blueprint. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Done. Um, and how good were you at school and acting? Were you in all the plays? Uh, uh, was I in all the plays? Was I in all the plays? I... Oh, was I in all the plays? <laughs> I think you can remember. Uh, was I in all... Was I? Was I? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I think you can remember. Oh, Jamie, it slips me. It really does. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't really in all the plays. I kind of wasn't that confident at school i was confident amongst people i trusted here we go as confident amongst the tan is opening tan is open because you say on your instagram bio you say you're an extroverted introvert is that right no no that was incorrect I I say I'm an antisocial extrovert. Antisocial extrovert. Antisocial extrovert, yeah. So what I gather from that, what I would gauge from that is that you are, because when I meet you, you're so outgoing, you're so engaging. Yeah. But also... Layers. Layers. Many, many layers. Um, So why weren't you confident at school? I, I don't, I don't, Jamie, bloody Nora, what is this? <laughs> Therapy? <laughs> Tan. Um, I, I, I mean, it's a... School's tricky. School is tricky, but I think also I was, I grew up in a predominantly white area mm-hmm. as one of the only black girls of my, at my school. Mm-hmm. I went to an all-girls school. So you're already, like, trying to figure out, like, your own... I don't know, confidence and whatever. Mm. But then you're thrust in a world where like no one looks like you, no one has the same experiences as you. So then you're just like, I don't really know where I fit in or where I belong. So Mm. there was a lot of like shape shifting. I was friends with all different friendship groups because I was just like, who do I belong with? Just like, I'm a nerd for one day. I'm this for, (laughs) like, I, yeah, I I was kind of everywhere. Um, But isn't that a little bit typical for younger kids anyway, that we kind of float around to different groups. Like, we sometimes, we become friends with this group, become friends with that group. Doesn't that happen quite a lot? Or um, no? I don't, I mean, I, I would say school felt clicky to me. Yeah, yeah, that is totally fair. Yeah, it felt clicky. Like, I do think you experiment with different groups as you grow up, because obviously, you know, you're like, oh, I wasn't into that in year seven, but in year 11, I love this, you know. You mm. kind of float, but it felt clicky amongst the floating. Mm. And I think what I did was I was just like, I don't want to be part of a clique. So I never had like a friendship group. I had one best friend 
And then I was friends with every, like everybody else. We, you know, we were pals. If I saw you in the canteen, hey. And sometimes like the netball girls would be like, Sorrel. And then the library ones would be like, Sorrel. And I'm like, oh, I'm so popular. I don't know where to go. And it wasn't that. It was just the case that like, I found common ground with different people at school. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to figure out where I fit in. Didn't fit in anywhere. It's fine. Um, and then... That's tricky as well, isn't it? <sighs> it is. It's hard. I always think my sister went to a girls' school and she mm. said it was really hard. It's tough. It's really tough. It's tough. Because I think generalizing massively here, but only for my little sisters, um, and I call little sister, she's 31. She's not, not that little anymore. <laughs> yeah, she, I, I think she's that. 32. I, I think she's 32. <laughs> she's 32. Um, but she found it very tricky because it was very cliquey, mm. as you said, and it felt quite mentally draining mm. a lot of the time because it was almost manipulative. Yeah, and like almost like you, the status quo is you can't not be a part of a clique. So yeah. I was actively going against the status quo so then also people are also then like oh who who are you friends with and I'm like Ev- everyone I guess like it was it was it was so weird but I think I navigated it like that because I I don't believe a in conforming but b I didn't know where I wanted to go and I didn't want to solidify myself with x group when actually maybe I'm a bit of X and Y, or I'm, do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, that was that was school. I, but I, I, I would say I had a good school experience overall. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I wasn't like bullied badly or anything. Like I've heard other horror stories. Like I had a fairly good experience overall, but it was just more like an internal struggle that I was like, oh my god, I feel uncomfortable everywhere. And and is that because you said that it was predominantly white? And that's quite tricky as well, because then you're sort of going, hang on a second. You, you, you sort of suggested, you said, well, I feel like I don't fit in here. <sighs> well, what do you think? Explain it to me. Educate me. Jamie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, I think that's my experience. Yeah. So I have kind of nothing else to go off of. Mm, but totally. I, I do think that, Basically, my school experience and my uni experience were different. Yeah. I still sometimes felt like I didn't fit in. Mm. But the difference is when I went to uni, I went, my uni was, I had much larger, you know, black, yeah, Afro-Caribbean yeah. people. And, you, and also it's just different. It's, it's, when I went to university, I remember getting to university and I had been, my school was 600 people or something. Like that's what it was. Yeah. And that's the only people I knew. That's and it. then you get, I got to university and it was 80,000 people. Yes. And so suddenly you're introduced to everyone from everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And you suddenly realize, my God, there's a world out here. Yes. And, and you go from this sort of really closed yes. space, which it feels like a biscuit tin. It's yeah. like, you're just like, what, the, like, what hell? the hell? What the yeah. hell is this? And then you open, but I think that's it happens with the majority of people. And this is my problem also with social media. Mm. Going bring about social media sometimes. I don't know why I've got so serious on today's podcast, but I have. <laughs> Let's blow with it. But with social media, when we leave school, uh-huh. we can become whoever we want to be. Yes. And it doesn't matter. We just, we're out there. Hello, we can do this. And the problem with social media is that it's also a bit like a one big school still, because we're in this place where. Everyone is looking at us. Everyone is watching us. We have to be the most popular or this or that. It feels also like a bit of a big school that we're jumping back into. Yeah, and I feel with social media as well, like I love content from like doctors or like Mm. uh, jewellery makers. Okay. 
random. Glass blowers. I've seen a lot of that. Like, that is fantastic. I like someone who has a craft. Yeah. Um, outside of social media, because don't get me wrong, it's all well and good being a personality. Everybody's a personality. Everyone go on and do a get ready with me. But I think for the people consuming the content. There are like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old girls who are like, I guess all I can do is be a content creator then, I guess. Mm. When that's not the case necessarily, there are people out there who do medicine or do jewelry making, but they also make content. Does that make sense? Makes sense. You know, I I feel like there isn't like a, you need to diversify your feed. Yes. So it's not just content from a get ready with me. A get ready with me influencer. It needs to be a little bit more than it, that. Re- reflect the world because unfortunately the phones aren't going anywhere. The social media is not going anywhere. But when you walk down a street, you pass a nurse, you pass a dentist. You pass, do you know what I mean? And you can yeah. have those conversations. But if your feed doesn't look like that, it does then look like, okay, I only have one path and that's, let me get a ring light. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's not the case. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought it's gone past like a glass blower, a jewelry maker or like a horse riding gone, I'm going to learn horse riding. Jamie, I hyperfixate over anything I watch. I went through a tap dancing phase on my TikTok. I bought tap shoes. I bought a tap slab. I, you did. I bought a no. tap slab. No, I hyperfixated for a good seven months because I watched one video of one guy in New York tap dancing in his in his room, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> Juilliard, here I come." <laughs> I said, "Sign me up, baby. <laughs> this is this is my life goal now." God, we're so I have so similarities with that. It's like. I, my friend persuaded me to do stand-up comedy for what, once, right? Okay. Like, and, they, and I went and did it and I was like, and everyone knew it was like a charity gig. Yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. I've spoken about this before and everyone knew it was going to be, you know, I was there to have fun. And I came and I was like, move over McIntyre. <laughs> oh, this is my fucking calling. I have arrived. Yep. And then I went and did another one and I literally went, like walked in like, holding like an imaginary shotgun. And I, they were like, this guy is shit. And I was like, oh my oh fucking my God. God. <laughs> I all of this, God, this un, like, un, like, I don't know, this confidence that oh I just got gosh. for no reason. Just suddenly Humbled. Went, yeah. Humbled, yeah. So you fixate on things? I it? hyperfixate. I can have the same meal. <laughs> it's unhinged. I can have the same meal for seven weeks, every single day, three times a day. And then it's it will, like, what is it? What is it? My most recent one, I haven't fixated recently, but my most recent one was like six months ago and it was this pasta. Zucchini, mm-hmm. cherry tomato, and they had to be a very specific cherry tomato, only bought them from MS. No, you know, other stores are available. Um, and uh, it could be spaghetti, lingui- any type of pasta with olive oil, and that was it. <laughs> And salt. Is it Maldon salt? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, Maldon? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fancy oh, the, flaky yeah, one. Yeah, the, the one that you can crush over your yes. fingers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And black pepper. Okay. And I ate that for about three months. You're that is. That's it. People would invite me to like the best restaurants and I'd be like, no, going home to have the pasta, thank you. But hang on, where does that come from? What? Because that feels like a, that feels like a sort of o- OCD I slight thing. I might be on the spectrum. <laughs> I may or may not have ADHD. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I love that question. Where do you think that comes from? Wow. Well, now you've mentioned it, my therapist did say. 
I need to take a test. Three months, baby. And then do you suddenly come out of it? Oh, where have I been? I come out of it like that was the most disgusting thing. I never want to see pasta or zucchini ever again. Like now, if anybody's like, do you want a zucchini pasta? I'm like, like I heave at the thought of it. Until my next type of fixation. Okay, guys, that is the end of part one. Now, as always, all you got to do is go and click over to part two and you can listen to the rest of the episode with Sorrel.